Guys, we're in the home stretch and it's Champions League week. The Champions League is back with the semifinals, meaning the four best teams remain in this competition. Today, we're going to talk about the Champions League semifinal. Enjoy. Beefy out here, guys. Welcome to episode number 193 of the Jersey Wall podcast. Didn't 193 think it was like this, to be honest. freaking episodes. <laughs> me neither, but I might cut this whole thing. Who knows? <laughs> guys, welcome to today's episode. Uh, I got Mino with me as your, as always. I'm your host, Mr. Nathan Santos. Today, guys, it's Champions League season, right? And the way that this year's competition has gone, dude, I don't even know how to quantify it in a word. Interesting, Champions unique, League. Champions League, UCL, classic. three letters, bro. classic, classic. That's the best one classic to be honest because we've had highs lows we've had drama we've had unpredictable upsets we've had overwhelming favorites we've been like 50 50 on some things that have just been 100 to zero right it's been kind of all over the place you know what that is mina it's the champions league that's the glory of this beautiful competition is. tuesday officially marks the first game where finally the games are not going to be played at the same time so we can actually devote undisputed attention to each of these respective fixtures. On one side of the bracket, Man City, Real Madrid. On the other side of the bracket, it's the Milan Derby. I would like to start with Tuesday's game and kind of address everything that we need to know, everything that you need to know more specifically about this game. So we're going to go into uh, key battles, 1v1s, form, X factors, uh, it, basically whatever it is you could think of, the, even the order of which game is being played in which city first. I think all that matters. And to be honest, with the semifinals, maybe it'll be a shorter episode, but the amount that we can dive into this, knowing what we know now, having seen the journeys of each of the teams up to this point, there's a lot to talk about. So let's get right into it, bro. Totally. Man City, Real Madrid. I'll throw to you first. I, I want to get your initial prediction before we go into all the reasons why, because you famously said two statements that tend to clash at this point in this competition. Absolutely. Real Madrid are always number one in this competition, period. Doesn't matter who they're playing. That's an infamous Mina statement. The second point, Man City are going to win. Doesn't matter who else is there. And, and, and now, so, and so the, now the you Champions, have people in charge force, of the Champions immovable League. Object. Immovable object. There you go. Here they go. And now, so I ask you, Mina, and we can revisit this after all the analysis too to see if our breakdown changes our minds at all. Your initial thoughts on who will be in the Champions League final from this side of the bracket? I'm saying Man City. I, like, I just think City is going to do it. The reason I say that, and I, I'm glad you brought that up, because the reason I say that is I'm going to put an asterisk. And I think City were also the favorites last time. It's just until the the 94th minute in that match, you were the favorites to go through. And it's just two minutes ended up changing the entire competition. So I think City are still the favorites with an asterisk of if Real Madrid go do this again, it's just it would be preposterous. To do it just multiple so times, yeah, <laughs> just be such a dick move from Real Madrid. Yeah, I agree, <laughs> and it's just like, what a what the are you supposed to, to do? Else. Like yeah. everyone else is just trying to tinker with systems. This is Pep's like what I would say third kind of team structure in at CE in his tenure. Basically, yeah, the one he inherited. I think, I think it's like his hundred point style, version, right? And the iter yeah, the iteration of yeah. this one. Yeah, this is like the third style of him at at CE, and it's just the the nerve of Real Madrid to just do what they did <laughs> and, and just keep losing pieces along the way do. just every just, year yeah, losing new places it losing doesn't matter who they Cristiano, put on eh, it's fine eh, losing Sergio matter. Ramos eh, it's eh. fine losing Casemiro eh, it's fine and not to mention every time you lose it's one of those so the ones who you have are older another year older yeah like a 39 year old Luka Modric is just pulling up Bruce like Modric just bossing it still and Benzema just like yeah. stepping it up every time. Every time you think Vinny's done, I think now he's just solid. Vinny's just there. Like everybody recognizes how Vinny. good this yep. guy is. But it, uh, there was a once a point in time where it was that was not the case. Nope. And they just keep coming up with these gems. And I don't know how they do it. And then, oh, midfield is too loaded and Modric is still bossing it. Put Kamavinga at left back and he'll completely lock everybody up. It's Ridiculous. so disrespectful to everyone else in the football world. To continue yep. to do what they do. But having said that, I think Pep's, Pep learns from his mistakes. Mm -hmm. And I think he could definitely get it done this time. I'm I'm saying more, this is this is the favorite now. Right. I think City is more solidified as the favorite, especially with that matchup from last year 
behind you guys. I think you can learn from that. You could take those lessons and and just go out and continue to dominate uh, like you did against Bayern Munich and just not allow the other team to play their game. Like, I think yeah. we know a lot more of what City is going to do than what Madrid's going to do because Madrid is such a 50-50 because you look at their La Liga form and their Champions League form and it's completely different. Mm-hmm. As soon as they We're listen talk to that music, they just become they become the Real Madrid that we know and like. But mm-hmm. the La Liga Real Madrid is struggling. I, didn't they just lose to Sociedad or whoever it was? Yep. Who nil? And on the day we're recording this, they play a Copa del Rey final, which yeah. either they will come out as you know kings of Spain or they will have given Osasuna their first trophy in their 103-year history. After being Barcelona and, and El Clasico in the semifinal. And to be honest, bro, neither right? would surprise me. Based on what we've seen, neither exactly. would surprise me. If they lost, they're like, oh my God, how could they lose that? But if even if they lost, it wouldn't affect my perception. Whether they win or lose the Copa del Rey does not affect my perception of what happens in the Champions League semifinal in this life. It's so crazy to think that Real Madrid are, cu- are a cup team this year, basically. That's exactly what they are. Madrid are a cup team this year, and it's mm-hmm. just like they sweep, they clean up those cups, and There's it doesn't matter what do you do. Mm-hmm. So it's it's interesting. I want to hear what you have to say about this as a city fan, yeah. knowing what happened last year, knowing that Pep tends to learn from his mistakes, and if nothing else, Madrid seemed weaker than last year. I think there was more parity last year between the two sides because City didn't have their nine, which now seems like a billion years ago because our nine has a billion goals, right? Early Holland's goals, got yeah. all the goals in the world. But last year, the the team was more distributed. And sometimes it was like Gabriel Jesus started the Champions League semifinal last year against Real Madrid. Think of how far we've come, right? Phil Foden was often playing through the through the middle. The, even Kevin De Bruyne was at times still playing through yeah. the middle. And then, you know, you had the midfield three of Gundo, Rodri, and Bernardo. There was a lot to like about that system and style too. It's just so different than what it is now like Mm -hmm. we're so far from there a year later and to be honest in that we played one of the most thrilling games right which was the 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 game at home i think that was like what a three two or four three or something and then we went to madrid where we had them beat for the whole game and then lost and you're just like and one of the best comebacks of all time in the champions league right which was just fitting for real madrid to just be like yeah it's not over till it's over now here's the thing dude you, you know, th- I'm way more confident with Man City this year in the style that they're playing and what I'm seeing consistently because there doesn't seem to be a gaping hole or a massive asterisk or something that I'm like, City got to fix this because until this is fixed, then we yeah. can't really talk about it. And you know that I presented that every year, even up to this point. I presented that to when they were going to play against Bayern Munich. I presented that uh, maybe not so much in the group, but largely at every stage in the competition, I was like, hold on, because people will say City are the best team, so City have to win. And I've maintained, no, they do not, because that's not how this competition works. With the Bayern Munich result in particular, it put my nerves at ease big time because it showed that the pedigree that, uh, that the opposition will have will not always outweigh the talent of Man City. And that was my concern. It was just that champions do what champions do, and City have never been champions of this competition. So how can I say that we will dethrone former champs? Then they Was it the result them. or was it the way the result was obtained? Both, both, everything, everything. Like, it was just because... It was everything. Listen, you could point to things that, that went wrong for Bayern, right? Like Upa Meccano. You know how much I rate Upa Meccano. And he had the two worst games I've ever seen any yeah. defender play, basically. Like the way the city pressed him, he freaked out. He was just like, I, I don't yeah, know. Yeah, it's not do. a coincidence. I can't, I can't handle it. He was like so obvious he was targeted for that. Right. And the conviction with which we scored the goals and the fact that it was like, at times it was just like, oh, City are just miles better. Like, And, and in the second leg, bro, Bayern came a lot closer. They were a lot more lively to it, and City maintained their nerve. So on both ends, in both games, we learned something. We learned that City can dominate a team that should be. I mean, obviously, Bayern are in a little bit of mud right now, but largely a team with championship pedigree from one of the best Mm -hmm. managers in the world who has in the past had Pep's number. We have that snapshot, and then we have the return fixture where they're a lot more you know, on their game, Bayern Munich, that is. And they can't be clinical enough. And why not? Because City are holding their nerves. City are able to grind out the result and make the sure... The honest wasn't on you guys anymore. But that's a big deal. Because even today, we played Leeds, bro. And it was 2 nothing comfortably. Game's dead. Gundo gets a penalty. It should be 3 nothing, But it's not. And Pep kept the whole team out there. Because he's like, no, we're not, we're not making subs until it's 3 nothing." And Gundo missed. And a minute later, ball's in the back of the net for Leeds. And I'm like, oh my God. Because, and I knew we weren't going to lose that game today. Don't get me wrong. We weren't going to drop the points. But it made me think, I hope Pep, and I'm sure it will be, Pep 
telling them in the dressing room is not great win today, boys. It's you see what happens if that's Madrid today, we just lost. The margins are very fine. That's a big deal because Madrid are not leads. And even if we're comfortably better and it seems like they're out of the game and then in one second something can happen, well, if Madrid get that momentum, forget it, bro. Forget it. doesn't matter. doesn't matter if it's home, away. If in the same way that teams think when Man City smell, smell blood, it's over, if Real Madrid smell yeah, blood, if in they the smell blood League, it's, it's truly over. Like doesn't genuinely. matter who they're playing. It doesn't matter how much better they are. It doesn't matter how much worse form Real Madrid has to be in. All of it kind of goes out the window. And so if you're asking me, do I think Man City are going to beat Real Madrid? My answer is yes. I do think that Man City are the better team. I do think that at this stage, based on what we've seen so far, Man City should be beating Real Madrid. Their team is better. They have more answers. They have less questions. And they've shown at different stages of the competition that they're able to win ugly and win pretty. And I think when you combine all that, you start to think of, okay, maybe this is it. Maybe this is the time for City. I do think the asterisk is still there, Mina. And I think the asterisk is it, there it not as an escape for me. Not as an escape for me. Not as an escape for Man City as to why they didn't win the competition. But because we are looking at this, us, English speakers primarily look at this as saying Man City, the aura of the Premier League, this has been their story. Man City have to win it because this is the narrative that we consume. But if you're, con- if you're reading a different book, the story of that book is Real Madrid had the greatest dynasty ever. And in that book, it, it's just, oh, look, they beat the challengers of Man City that were supposed to be there, but nobody could ever trump Real Madrid. And that's just going to be an era in our history that could be true. Now, whether or not we see, right now, that is true. That is also a story. But if that dynasty ended now, right, and, and this Madrid core didn't win another Champions League, then the chapter, it ended there. We saw that five, six, seven-year window where Madrid were able to win, you know, four to five Champions Leagues and dominate. dominate like, no, like nobody's ever done before. Yeah. But if we look at it two years, three years, four years down the line, and Real Madrid have in that time won another or two more Champions Leagues, then we go, story wasn't over. We were too close to it. We thought the story was over. We thought Madrid's story is done, and now it's City's turn, and they're going to start to take over this competition. But, bro, look, we, we talked about That's what you were mentioning, right? The fact that they can replace the absentees to not skip a beat, the fact that they sold Casemiro, one of the most accomplished. It's not just simple absentees. They no. got, in, in the last three years, they got rid of, well, maybe not three years, but they got rid of Ronaldo, Varane, Sergio Ramos, and Casemiro. Yep. You replaced R- Rafael Varane and Sergio Ramos and Casemiro. That's the base of your spine. If you take the base of anybody's spine, they, they collapse genuinely. Any other team collapses. They don't yep. replace them like they do. Oh, so, right. and, and then you add Cristiano Ronaldo on top of that. It's insane. It's insane yeah. what they've been able to do. So I'm, I want to see how Man City targets Real Madrid. I want to see, because, and, and this will kind of get into our key battles and stuff, because Upamecano was the one who was pressed. So who has Pep identified as the weakest link, the one to press? You might say it's the right back. I'm sure Grealish versus Nacho or Carvajal, whoever that is on that side is a bit of a mismatch, but those guys have a lot of pedigree. So I don't know if that's actually the mismatch. Rudiger's a Champions League winner. David Alaba is a former pupil of Pep, right? And yeah. Kamavinga is a baller in all positions. Is Militao out? Do we know? Militao has taken leaps and bounds in his game this year, but I think Pep will try to target Militao because he's the most erratic of the bunch. And I think if that's the case, then we go, okay, that's one solution. But if he's not the one playing because they decide to play with Alaba and Rudiger, which hasn't always been the primary partnership because Militao has made himself a force be recognized in Mm -hmm. this back line, where do City target it? And this is where I want to transition into how this game kind of unfolds. I think there's... We have to start at the most like star-studded key battles within this, and it's Erling Holland and Kevin De Bruyne versus Kareem Benzema and Vinicius Jr. If you are giving tallies, right? We're we're making we're making tally tra- yeah, yeah. charts, and we're putting tallies on the board. Edge Real Madrid, Edge Man City. Who has the most effective dynamic duo? for this stage of the competition? And I phrase it that way because we might say on paper you know, Holland and De Bruyne are the two best players in the world, arguably. And so therefore they're the better ones. But we also have to remember, don't sleep on what Vinny and Benzema did. Benzema's the Ballon d'Or winner last year, who's barely taken a step off this year. And Vinicius is now a player who gets 40 goal involvements in goals and assists minimum. So I ask you, it's not quite as simple as just, oh, well, Erling Holland and Kevin De Bruyne are better because 
I don't think that's respectful to the institution of what the Champions League is and the fact that these guys have crossed the line before in that competition. What I have to look at is what they're up against. And mm. and you're right, on paper, Kevin and Holland are better this year at least because I don't want to have any Real Madrid fans coming at me. So yeah. at, at least this year, you, no one can argue with what De Bruyne and, and Holland are doing. Right. But I think when you take into account that these are not just facing off like on the pitch head-to-head, they're facing off against the other people's centre-backs and the defences and all that kind of thing. So when I take into account what they're coming up against, I have to give the edge to Holland and De Bruyne. Mm. Just because I think you know what City's defense is, is capable of and you know what Real Madrid is going to do. But again, there's question marks if they're going to play Rudiger and Alaba, if they're going to play Militao, um, if they're not going to do that. We've seen time and time again, Holland is com- very comfortable drifting into certain spaces that maybe to drag a center back away or, or just sit between him and a fullback. So right. is that going to be Kamavinga? Is on the other side, is it going to be Carvajal? Is it going to be Nacho? And if it is Carvajal and Nacho, I don't think he's he's going to be opposed to just sitting on there between whichever center back is and, and that right back. So he could definitely you think he'd go that far away? Right? I think he would go wide maybe, but... but I don't know that he'd go that far wide. I, don't... I think that he would go pretty central and try to bully whoever the weaker center back is, which physically would be David Alaba in the pairing, but I think so too, but we've seen them, right? Like we've seen him David and Kev kind of be like a front two out of possession. Right. That's why I framed them this way. Exactly. That's so why I, I think when you put them, when you put them both up there, one of them is going to create some space for the other by dragging a fullback or a center back out of position. And last year, you kind of, we touched on this, right? Like Gabriel Jesus was starting and, and that's not, no disrespect to Gabriel Jesus. You're not as big of a threat as Erling Holland is barely anyone is yeah. so that's gonna push Real Madrid in my mind about five yards back I, I don't think they're gonna be as mm. comfortable having that high of a line or maybe pushing up with everybody everybody forward because it's Gabriel Jesus but if they do because we did see this with um which game was it where was it the Arsenal game yeah it was the Arsenal game when when Kev scored two goals that that Holland assisted yeah, that was yeah. that was the Arsenal game, right? Arsenal played the high line because Holland dropped deep a little bit, and that allowed Kevin De Bruyne to make those runs because they were so right. occupied with Holland con- having that space. That is something that I think he can let Pep can do against Real Madrid again. I think maybe he pulls Holland back five to ten yards, and then you've got runners because yeah, they're, Real Madrid's going to look at it and see. There's no way you don't fall for that trap because if you leave Holland in space, you're cooked, and if yeah. you don't so that is so if you do move up there's space behind you and then runners can can cook you that way so it's gonna happen regardless and and it's such a big threat for pep to use by pulling him back a little bit he can create that extra space for the other runners just as he did against arsenal and arsenal mm. didn't have saliba i know that but but it's i don't think saliba would have caused a two goal swing anyway so um that is something that i that i, I would be looking at maybe pep deploys it in this way against real madrid because i think if you push them high enough to allow Madrid to be comfortable to build out from the back and maybe bring Modric a little bit forward. I think the opposite happens to you when they drag you a little bit forward and, and we know how dangerous Vinicius can be. So to answer your original question, I would have to say Holland and De, and, uh, and De Bruyne are the more dangerous just because of what they're coming up against and, and the uncertainty of what the Real Madrid backline looks like t- this year. Okay, I'm going to take the... I'm going to shed light onto the real madrid side of this yeah to, we know, have, be some, fair we have someone it. has to be before a yeah before I, I actually offer up who who i'd back in the in this i think that what we have to understand about the way this game will likely unfold is that city will probably have more of the ball right likely city usually have more of the ball very safe and the thing is with if we're saying madrid are going to start to play a bit more of a high line to allow for city's runners i wonder how much more comfortable madrid will be with that just because City don't have that like crazy pace, right? Like City's back, City's forward line is not that fast. Erling Holland, when he gets going, is ridiculously fast. Foden's burst of acceleration is fast, right? So we have different elements of speed, but we're not like, we don't have a Vinicius, right? So yeah. if we're playing into space and transition, I will consider City are definitely very dangerous because at that point, you're putting balls into space where in you have Foden who can beat a defender quickly, 
but not over a long stride. And Erling Holland, who probably won't beat somebody quickly, but over a stride chasing a ball, forget it. Like at that point, you can't knock him off the ball or anything, right? Because no, he's too but strong that way anyway. Let's look at the Madrid side of this. If Madrid are going to use this to say, okay, we have to set a little bit deeper, try to try to control the game, but with a, somewhat of a medium block, just so we can, you know, push our wingers out. And, and this raises the question, do you have Valverde playing on the right? Do you have Rodrigo playing on the right? Just to see how much like dynamic winger ability do they want? Do they want to only be able to outlet to Vinny or do they want to be able to outlet to both sides? I right. wonder because what we have to remember is that it's not as simple as that. Because if it's Valverde, it's because Valverde is going to help support Nacho or whoever the other right back is to prevent overloads in that area, right? We can go proper tactical to see why each one might start. And I wonder what Ancelotti's decision will be in that point. But we know without question, Vinny and Benzema will be there. So I think last year, and even at times this year, we looked at, you know, Kyle Walker's pace. Because at the time in the system, Kyle Walker was the right back. And it felt like it doesn't really matter who the opposition's left winger is because we have a right back who's really, really fast. But a few times we saw Kyle Walker get cooked. Like when he played against Mbappe, gone. When he played against Davies, gone. When he played against Vinicius last year, gone. We were like, dude, he's getting blown by for speed here. So even though he's fast in pace, when he has to shift his hips and then run, when, when whoever the winger is, is already going that way, he's getting blown by. I think that Man City will be very, very aware of how effectively Real Madrid will be able to counter because Luka Modric doesn't necessarily always look for the first time ball. Luka Modric looks to carry into space similar to how De Bruyne does and then assess options. And release it. And Madrid, this is bread and butter to them. So the thing is that De Bruyne and Holland, yes, will likely have more possession of the ball and more opportunities to put it in. That is true. Erling Holland seems to be inevitable and will probably live for a game like this because has he ever played in a Champions League semifinal before? I don't think Dortmund made a final ball that he did. So I, so I think this is the game of his life, basically, right? He understands my Ballon d'Or ambitions largely hang on my ability to win competitions like this because, let's be real, Norway is not going to win international trophies, right? Which means that Erling Holland's going to be up for this game. And De Bruyne wants this. Like, this is this is to De Bruyne what, uh, what the World Cup is to Messi almost, right? It's like the footballing gods have to award this player who's, the you know, the generational midfield here with yeah. this competition he's been close but he's never crossed the line we're going to segue into midfield in a second here but all the madrid players understand this concept they've played against teams that are better and have held the ball and they're like how do we effectively utilize our our, our strengths in transition and dude madrid can do that because man city haven't had to defend against that they've had to defend against teams who want to defend in tra- or who want to attack in transition don't get me wrong mm-hmm. but not in the way that Madrid are going to be able to. Abilities-wise, Madrid are going to be able to do things that the other teams at Man City have placed who want to play something similar against Man City have not been able to do. I think if you want to give the advantage to Benzema and Vinicius, it has to be because Benzema's ability to drag center backs with him and the fact that Man City's back three plus midfield two shifts around a lot, right? Because you have you know, the Barnsley-Beckenbauer John Stones who's stepping into midfield to win battles, but then also is dropping back when they don't have possession to kind of fill out a back line. There's an opening there where Benzema could kind of run at Stones who's now out of position because he doesn't know if he should step up or drop back. Now, Stones has been brilliant this season, but Benzema is a Ballon d'Or winner last year. Not against the Calibre. Benzema understands how to do different things. And Vinicius, now we look at, okay, well, is Vinicius going to be able to get the better of Akanji, because that's probably who it's going to be. If not, it'll be Kyle Walker. And I would say one for one and one v one battles. Yes, he will be able to. So it's not like City will just be able to suffocate Madrid, and Madrid won't have an outlet here. Madrid, it'll be are Man City able to effectively implement their game plan while basically cutting all supply for Madrid outlets. If that's the case, and that's a very very tall order, then yeah, like City got it, and and the duo and the advantage goes to Man City's duo. But I could also see Gundogan being a goal scorer or Julian Alvarez being a goal scorer or Phil Foden or Jack Grealish. Like there's other alternatives Real aside Mars, from City's big if he's playing. If he's playing, right, it could be him as well. Whereas with if we're looking at key battles in terms of who's more likely to cause damage for their respective teams, we know that the goals are coming from Benzema and Vinicius. That is I don't think we should overlook tandem. Rodrigo as well. I think the late runs into the box from Rodrigo where well, the fullback as a super is, sub, he's is... more of a super sub, right? Yeah, it's it's not something that should be, be overlooked though, because be he he makes late runs into the box and usually the fullback closest to him is not paying attention to him because he starts so far away from that area right. and then 
floats in basically and 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 gets picked out because everybody's concerned with get to Benzema, get to Benzema front post. So he makes late runs into the back post and and always finds himself there. Yeah. So I don't think I, that should be overlooked either. Though I've presented the argument that I have, and I hope people will respect that argument and understand that that is very much a possibility. I think it's very hard to bet against Erling Holland right now. Yeah, just because I think the, the way that this game and we don't know how it's going to unfold. That's the beauty of the Champions League. But no matter whether or not City have the ball, Holland and De Bruyne will be involved in play. They will be involved in trying to get goals. And I think that Erling Holland is capable of getting the better of pretty much any center back in the world right now. Even if he doesn't score every game, he just set the Premier League goal scoring record. Like that's preposterous. He calls chaos. At this stage in the competition now, I think he's just going to be so fired up and ready that even the... Like he's clinical to to a like just such a lethal degree. At this stage in the competition, the first game is in Madrid. The second one's at home. I feel like Erling Holland has goals to get in this fixture because now City understand we have a goal scorer in the way that they didn't in years past, where there was a kind of an opening and there was the nine and okay, we can create chances, but who's there? Erling Holland is there. And I think that City continuing to to create chances and and do what they do on, on both sides of the pitch allows for Erling Holland to be the guy and get the goals. And what we've seen so far is that he's done that 51 times. Yeah. That's a tough ask to bet against. I, I would agree with that. And similar things have to be said about Benzema because Benzema is, is an agent of chaos as well. So, and for Just some reason, I don't know. Culture, bro. I don't know what this Who'd guy understand does, stuff. But the way keepers and center backs panic when they see Benzema running at them, the amount of goals this guy's scored by a keeper fluffing his lines is in, is more than I think anybody has ever done in history. I don't know what kind yeah. of black magic this guy's doing. Right. But he's just making him works. flinch. He's doing one of those. Yeah. Little, mm. you know, Allison, going, ah, Courtois, Ederson. Like, oh, like you're talking about some of the best goalkeepers in the world for the last five to ten years. This is what like I don't know what this guy does to them. But I don't yeah. know. Maybe maybe he's got the true aura. He, he does. And and the, the thing is, is that argument as much as we might give the uh the advantage in key battles in terms of outlets to Man City versus Madrid, the, like by the skinnier teeth, you're picking this. And if you if yeah. you offer it to more by more than that, I think you're not giving the due respect to the opposition, personally. Yeah, yeah that's, my, that's my opinion. I think it's it's because of the momentum that Holland's on right now that edges yeah. it. That's, right, that's if, if we're talking about um, when he had that little bit of a let's call it a rough patch, but it was a, a damp patch, really, because yeah. he was still scoring, just not as much as, as people thought he would. Right. Um, then maybe it's a more even argument, but now he's just he's just lighting the place on fire. So yeah, And I think he's he, really, he he's starting to blood. click with the system. Yeah. yeah. I want to transition into other battles we'll see more often because we'll, we'll understand the headliners of this clash, but the battles won't be won here, right? Vinny and Benzema and, you know, Holland and... And uh, whoever the other one is, I forgot to mention him. Whoever the other one is, I was like, I, like, <laughs> I, was, I forgot who I had listed. I was like, wait, I'm, I'm losing it here. <laughs> Those four players will be on polar opposite ends of the pitch. So they will not meet each other very frequently. Yeah, they're not going head to head on the pitch right now. The battle will be won largely as it usually is in midfield. And if we are not being respectful enough to the fact that Real Madrid might want the ball in this game and might want to force City back and force City to play a game they're uncomfortable with, they have the personnel for that. I want to ask you, Mina. Rodri, Bernardo, Gundogan, and Stones, and I'll call that City's midfield right now because that's usually what it is, right? Because they play a 3-2-4-1, so it's th those four players. Are they enough to trump Modric and Cruz in their competition? Because the guy's 39 years old. This happens every has, year. Has offered nothing. This happens to, every to year. Yesterday, yeah. Last year, I would have been like, oh, but he's 38 years old. So I, I don't know, man. This is one of the questions that I, I genuinely have no idea. If you're telling me, are they capable of doing it? Yes, of course, they're capable of doing it. But is that how it's going to happen? Who the hell knows? No one on earth knows except for Luka Modric. And he's going to be able to turn <laughs> And Tony Cruz. They, they're the ones who decide. Cruz. Yeah, yeah, of course. I'm not disrespecting Cruz. It's just yeah. there's like there's very few like lesser press resistant players in the world than than Modric and Cruz. And they happen to play on the same Bro, team. They invented that. They just turned There was no such the, thing as press resistant before them. But like they invented insane that insane level. Think about that. <laughs> like, think I, of I what don't the press has changed to in the last like five to eight years, right? In that window. Since yeah. 2015, think of what pressing has become 
in that time frame, right? How different it looks. So systematic. They were the first ones to whatever. just to just break press. As far as I'm concerned, man, you could show me examples before that. I'll just say it's different. These guys, they invented press it resistance. It is different. Man. You're right. And it's just ridiculous, man. It's just different. I, there's the, and, I don't know what to say here. Like, because we can because go about there's another all thing the I analysis that we want. But I, I think key here is, and, and you missed them out. I think the key here would be where Fede Valverde plays in this in, in this you. equation. And Chouameni, bro. That's the other yeah. thing. I just listed these four City midfielders against these two Madrid midfielders, assuming a, a, a City overload because City play with, at times it feels like, four or five midfielders and Madrid play with a midfield three, but that's only on paper because Vinicius is not Vinicius. Sorry. Valverde is covering every side of the right flank, yeah. meaning in theory, as like, Camavinga tucks in, Camavinga just sit tucks on in. Tuck, Camavinga so tucks in and, and is, we know he's comfortable in midfield because he's a midfielder that is filling in a left back. And might I right. say very much like <laughs> looking very Killing comfortable it. doing so. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. I think Valverde, if you just tell him like, I don't know, sit on Bernardo Silva, where if he goes to pee, go hold his, you know, thing for him. Right. <laughs> I think he's he's comfortable in doing so and, and might piss him off. Like, he definitely would win the physical battle in that sense, but uh, he would be everywhere. The guy's... Uh, nobody's nobody's out physicalitying Bernardo. Bernardo's crazy, bro. Come on now. No, most aggressive player in the entire world. Now. Dude, did you see him make four Bayern players in 10 seconds? That's not aggressiveness. That's skill. No, no, no. On that end of the, I'll pit, give it to he you. Wants the ball. You know I love like Bernardo Silva. You know my favorite I love Bernardo player. Silva. Just, just don't best. tell me he's gonna outphysic like um what outphysic, uh what's his face Valverde, Federico Bro, Valverde. He's gonna get right under. Valverde's he's not gonna outmuscle him. He's not gonna outmuscle. He's gonna. He's not gonna. I bet you he loses his uses balance agility second. and shift his balance really well. Exactly, bro. I I think if Bernardo he's has gonna the ball, body him off the ball. Valverde's. Valverde is following him. And if um yellow and, card and vice versa, I think lane. that Bernardo is yeah. gonna let him know so hard if, if Valverde's got the ball and Bernardo's gonna run at him. The thing is, we have to consider this. Modric and Cruz are two like generational midfielders, two of the greatest in history, in the history of the sport. But the way that Madrid play at times is that, bro, think about this. Th this is what Madrid of their 11, of their 4-3-3 might look like. Camavinga, who's a midfielder playing left back. Yep. Valverde, right winger, who's a midfielder. Who's a midfielder. And then Chouameni, Cruz, and Modric. So I'm, you're looking at it going, oh, City might have an overload of midfield here. But if Madrid Bellingham just decide to come, year. if they just compress their team a little, and Camavinga kind of squeezes in as an inverted fullback, and then like squeezing Valverde like a tucks in this way, then you have this basically, like you pull it apart and it makes a snowflake, yeah. you put it together and it makes just an X. Bro, then all of a sudden, Madrid have an overloaded midfield. And if they have an overloaded midfield, well, guess what? I don't think De Bruyne's getting the ball. I think he'll be worked off of it. Man, it's such That's a smart also way very, of doing very it possible. Everybody pushes forward and back, like strikers right. would drop in and, and defenders would drop would go forward. No one's ever done it diagonally. And no, it's so smart literally. because you can instantly get with up and down exactly. the pitch, going back and front and, and like the transitional. Oh my God, it's insane. The battle that we're going to see here, as much as I would love to say, City's midfield against the two greatest midfielders of all time. Unfortunately, at two greatest midfielders of all time. Like I'm, you know, no Love, disrespect yeah. to anybody else for the, for the for argument's sake within the context of this game. Modric and Cruz will have a lot to say about how this game is played, but the supporting cast of basically the next really three point. great midfield, you know, like Real Madrid's next midfield dynasty of Camavinga, Chouameni, and Valverde, and, Jude and maybe Jude Bellingham. Let's see what it, this is. Basically, the Jude Bellingham sweep, the sweepstakes, bro. Okay, yeah. Whoever wins this game is getting uh, <laughs> is getting due to the summer. Won't be Liverpool though. No, it won't be. We got him. This is basically going to be your midfield three of your young core, who are the supporting cast to your two stars. And in that context, I honestly don't know at this point then if if Man City are the team that has possession because at this point then you go. I wonder how Madrid are going to play this. Are they going to look at the overload of midfielders as reason to compress because they're going to be like, you can't work through us because look at all the, we're just going to congest the space too much. Mm -hmm. Or as saying, we are going to stretch you. And then we're going to let Camavinga run on, on underlaps into, tr you know, huge amounts of space like he did last year in the Champions League, which cooked Rodri, which cooked Gundo because Camavinga just started moving. He got on his oh. bike and all the Man City players literally at the same time just went, look at my head and I'll describe it for the people after. <laughs> I just watched him run right by. Like, who's that guy? <laughs> Where did he come from? That could also be a possibility here. So the, the possibilities truly are endless 
for how this game is going to be approached. I wonder who's going to win that battle because that's so fascinating. I want to go into uh, trying to, you know, segue this into X factors and then form, and then we'll go to the other side of this bracket. Okay. Who is Man City's X factor? Meaning not the star, but like, no, no, no. But who, who do you think it is? I wonder. I'm saying it's Holland genuinely because let's say here's I don't like here's the x factor the to be the star i think that that's a different thing no I think the, the x factor is like has to be the star because he's the guy i think that, the x like, factor is the difference it. maker when your star is locked up that's what that's how i interpret that like who who's the who's the the hero who's coming to be the hero when your star's not getting it done that's how i interpret this that's how i frame I don't know, this man. Anyway. i always i always think the x factor is, is the guy that you have to watch out for because you're i know your star is obvious but the x factor is like what who makes the difference for CE right now? And and I think mm. making the difference when the star is locked up is, is a different thing entirely. I think he's he's maybe just a the guy that runs under the radar because the X factor is so highly rated right, right now. Yeah. Um, so I'm if I'll you're asking that. me X factor in, in that sense, I'd, I'd I'd have to say Erling Holland because let's say let's say they completely lock you out in midfield and they're capable of winning the midfield battle. We know that. Who's the guy that? you're going to look to to score a goal because you know, the game's going away from you. It's, it's definitely Holland. Just boot it up long and hopefully you would hope he does something like I'm, I'd have to say that, but if you're asking For me, I'm, I'm looking at like, Mavericks, cast, I'm looking at like Jack Grealish has been really important this year. You know, like he causes chaos. Um, Riyad Mahrez goes under the radar. I'm going to skip Kevin De Bruyne because that's another star that I think is capable of magic every once in a while. But if if Bernardo Silva's on his game, I think I think he can turn it. And and I'm so I'm gonna final answer Bernardo Silva. Bernardo Silva is my favorite player, and we know that. I wonder how I'm sure that he'll be the right winger, similar to how he was at Bayern, where he's basically the right winger, but just kind of supporting in midfield where necessary. If he's on his game in midfield battle. Yeah. He's so damn good. For me, the way that I framed, I mean, I wrote it, so I kind of had, you know, who I I had in mind here, which was Jack Grealish. And it's not because Jack Grealish is my favorite city player, actually far from it. It's because the emergence, like, and his importance over the last six months or so, basically, maybe even started, maybe even less than that, five, four, since the turn of the year, Jack Grealish has become like an undroppable player on the left wing. And Foden played out there today just for, for rotation. And Foden was excellent. Like I love the I, Foden is quick. He makes he makes runs. He gets in behind. I love the way that Foden does. I think the fact that we can switch that is really really important. But Jack Grealish has become like a Pep, like mean mugging kind of guy who's changing what it means for City to win because it's not City winning pretty and perfectly, but it's like winning fouls and winning gritty and winning evil yeah. like drawing people into duels and making sure that they're following you and fouling them back and just kind of like adding a little bit of the grit combined with the the threat of goal because he's got some huge goals like important ones and the, and the fact that he links up really well with holland and the fact that he's a menace i think that that's starting to become important more important for city than it has been previous because let's be real our wingers have just been like flashy electrifying kind of guys for a long time now i i wouldn't necessarily put grealish in that bracket i think grealish is a bit of a a game-breaking maverick in the same way that bernardo is except bernardo does it you know with the entire pitch right jack grealish tends to be like give me the ball and and i'm gonna do something with it here and it's either gonna be get past the man win a foul recycle and then move and then whatever he's doing has importance to it and i think you know the fact that he's also built like we talk about hips to ankles jack Grealish is just freaking built yeah crazy i think that he his importance can't be understated as a difference maker in this game because i don't think people will look at jack Grealish and be like oh yeah jack Grealish is gonna get the winner I, I don't even think that he will but i think the fact that people don't think that he will invites the possibility that he could kind of fly under the radar and what Madrid are looking at. Now, there's another possibility here where he's basically marked out of the game because Valverde drops back and it's a 2v1 and he has to just recycle possession all game. But either way, if he can get bodies to commit to him or if he can start to get people booked, the style of the game will change. It'll start. It'll be played differently. He can definitely rile people up. He and can get, rattle he people up, man. definitely rile people up, get under their skin. And I think if Melitao's on the pitch, he, I think he should be focusing on that a little oh, bit. Because once you get under Melitao's skin... Oh. It's it's done for him. 
you to get a real fight going. I should uh, get booked. Madrid's X Factor. I have two options. Yeah, I think the X Factor on the pitch, but for me, you know, I would say Kamavinga on the pitch because Kamavinga's role can't be understated. The fact mm-hmm. that he just adapted so perfectly to left back, and yet I'm yeah. sure he will just prop into midfield whenever necessary, I think deserves a shout. But I think the the this award kind of has to be given to who put them in the final last year, and that's Rodrigo. Rodrigo, say Rodrigo. Is, changes the game. When he comes on the pitch, it's different. It's different. He's, His Champions League stats are preposterous. He is the epitome of a super sub. And the fact that he beat us last year from set pieces when he's 5'7", <laughs> it's just ridiculous that we lost out like that. But he has that in him, and he scores huge goals in huge moments always. Shows up. Unnoticed. That's the difference maker. He needs to be completely nullified from the moment he enters the pitch to the moment yeah. that the final whistle blows because I don't think he'll start. But I think he's very he effective on, at drifting into spaces where you oh, don't expect dude. him to be. He's just so good at flying under that. Yeah. And and uh, the last thing I want to talk about here before we switch over to the other side of this bracket is how much does form matter in this, Mina? Because we we kind of this is coming full circle back to where we spoke about at the beginning, where Madrid are at right now domestically they haven't produced in the league, right? They've just been pretty underwhelming. The fact that they can get spun by teams with much less talent than them is a little bit like they can't turn up. City have been criticized of not turning up in games that they're what because they just go ahead on cruise control and they never really like yeah. get there and have to show get up out in a second moments gear. of grit. Right. But Madrid in this competition, just like you said, when that anthem hits, it, it's they, they turn into something different. It's Hulk getting angry. All of a sudden, they know what to do and it's a different person altogether. It's a different team altogether. Man City are in like scintillating form, just preposterous. They're winning every single game because they understand what to play for. Does the treble influence Man City's ambition here, both in terms of the amount of games they still have to play and what's at stake because they can't lose at all? Or is it just like, and does that supersede Madrid's mentality in this competition? I don't think the treble, like maybe they're thinking about it, but I don't think they're actually seriously considering it until... Mm. The, like I think C is good at just taking it game by game, yeah, right? and, and just showing up this when, year in particular. Because now yeah. it's not perfect. It's not the quadruple and everything's perfect. It's like just win, just win, and which let's is kind of where you want it to be. You don't want to be expected yeah. to win all five or six competitions that you can compete for or whatever. Every year. And, and you know, you sh- your target shouldn't be okay. We're gonna win the treble this year because that's everybody's target every year. You know, <laughs> I think the dream. Everybody's dream. Maybe not target. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, for sure. I think you just go game by game and take it as it is. And in terms of Madrid's form, I don't think it matters that much. I think they just understand they're not winning La Liga this year. I think it's I think Barca are three points away from doing it. So I think if they win their next game, that's it. So I think they know that the the league is wrapped up. And like I said, they they just remember that meme or the the gif of Ronaldinho just licking his lips yeah. during the anthem. That's that's them. That's Madrid. That plays in their minds every single time. So. I think that the the worst thing that could happen is playing Madrid when it's Ramadan because Kareem is going to score. So <laughs> I think you should be happy that Ramadan is now passed. Happy right. to everyone that celebrated. Yeah. But <laughs> that's that's behind us a while ago now. So, right. so yeah, the fact that he's Madrid's fed form. means he won't be hungry in this fixture. So, yeah, exactly. That's a bar, Mina. That's yeah, a bar. Exactly. Come on. Nice. Yeah, I think I think you're right. I think it has very. I think the form has very very little to form do with goes it up when the it comes to the like stage this. in the competition. Yeah, I think that Madrid won't care Madrid. if they're in bad form. Madrid will just be like, doesn't matter. This is the Champions League. Let's play to win. And I think if even if they lose, it still won't be a knock on their form. It'll just be City got it done. City crossed the line. Yeah. But City were better, so City were supposed to do that. But it's not as simple as everybody as people might think. I still think there are people who who ignore a lot of what we've mentioned up to this point in terms of Madrid's keys to victory, because it just seems like City are inevitable at this point. It seems like everything is on for Man City right now. So everything has meaning. If City lose games, City lose trophies at this point. So what is at stake? Everything is at stake for Man City. What's at stake for Real Madrid? Another feather in the cap, another notch in the belt. That's really what it comes down to. Yeah. Like, and the sixth that they're going to win. Is there a difference, bro? Is there really a difference? If you're Tony Cruz, are you more hungry to win a sixth Champions League than you were a fifth or a fourth or a third? I don't know that you are. Maybe a third, right? Because at that point, you're three-peating them. Fine. I guess that was the fourth one, technically. But you get my point, right? Like, for them, it's just work as usual. They just come in and do what they do. Whereas I think City have everything to play for. 
dude, I don't know if you'd rather be the team who has everything to win or everything to lose. But, but I don't know. I think Madrid do have something to lose because I don't know if them finishing the, no. the year with as poor form as they did in La Liga and only winning Copa del Rey, if they win the Copa del Rey today, I don't right. think that's, that is, that's a satisfactory season for Real Madrid. You're so, right. I think they're you know who's gonna make a difference? much higher than that. Jude Bellingham, Jude Bellingham. bro. Hey, He's going to come in the hero. Guys, no, I, yeah, I think calling. they still have something to lose. I think they, they're not satisfied with that yeah, season ending that way. So I, I don't think it's completely yeah, nothing to lose for Madrid. And less to lose, we'll call it. For sure, less to lose. Less but, to lose. Yeah. But yeah, I see what you're saying, for sure. I can see to that. Less right, pressure any, on them, for sure. Any other, uh, so final thoughts. Has, uh, has any of what we mentioned changed your perception of how this game's going to go? Maybe not perception, but the outcome of the game? No, I think City still go through, but we always have to make sure that we put that asterisk in there. Because mm-hmm. are we really going to surprise if Madrid actually go through? No, because Madrid do this. It, the chances are are less in their favor this year. But if mm-hmm. they st- if they win, no one's going to be like, "Oh my God, how how big of a win that is, was that." I think everybody realizes that Madrid can turn it on in the Champions League and and do yeah. whatever they want to do. I agree. I think. I think we've given some really good insight as to why each team could be the one to advance. I really look forward to seeing how the game plays out. I think a monumental difference in the fixtures this year is that it's Madrid at home first and then City at home in the second leg, meaning the momentum of a comeback. I I shouldn't say it, but I mean, it dwindles slightly, right? Like you don't have Mm -hmm. the home crowd cheering you on, right? In the same way. So if if the fixtures were reversed last year, even at that point, I don't know if Real Madrid mount the same comeback because they're not at the Bernabeu with two minutes to play and everything that's to play true. for to reach a Champions League final. Right? That's true. Whereas this year, because that second, if City can basically go do their thing in Madrid and then bring the game home, you would trust that City can get it done on their own soil. So let's see. Let's see what happens. Yeah. The secondary game, I'll be honest with you. I don't have as much to say about this one. I think this Me one neither. is much more historical and far less insightful. Because maybe it's just because my proficiency with Serie A is less. You guys know we ju- a couple weeks ago we did the, the Milan episode. Shout out to Milan for joining us for that episode. And we, you know, we gotta give credit to him. He backed his team to reach the final, and they did, bro. Yeah. Like well, at least he, he spoke it into existence. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah, you're right. It's probably a little bit telling, yeah. but the fact like he's backed his team every step of the way to go as far as they have. And now you're, Who's a laughing derby, now? you're two Darbies away, bro. Yeah. yeah. You're two Darbies away. There's a few That's key so matchups poetic. to look at in this. The fact that, yeah, we set the stage here. The final derby, right, of Milan, right? At the, San at, at the San Siro. Is in a Champions League semifinal where one team will reach the final from here. I think that's wonderful. And the fact that this exists means I don't think it necessarily matters who plays first. Because I think if they're... I don't think they do more fans of one team than the other for home away. I think so they just... Funny. I think they just Rather split than the stadium in half, 50, both, right? <laughs> yeah, they do like 80-20 and then 80-20 the other like way. The Inter Milan fans, no, no, it's okay. AC Milan's home for this for this yeah. first fixture, so only 20% we'll of us can go. Game. Yeah, and then, and then we'll buy tickets for them. That would be hilarious, right. dude. They just have a little section at the top. No, no I, I think it'll be riots. I think it should be 50-50, right? It so should be right much, down the middle. So many, like, flares. It'll, it'll be crazy. The atmosphere will the, absolutely be nuts. The biggest battle in this game, I mean, if we're going for star players like we did for key battles in the other one, it's got to be Rafa Leal versus Lautaro Martinez Rafa. right now because those are the two informed players. Leal went off early today in Milan's game against Lazio. I hope that that's him, not a, or is it a no. After eleven minutes, like he was off early. Mm. I hope that that was just as a hey, I'm starting to feel something. Take me off, like yeah, this isn't worth off. it. I'm strings a little tight because I because I mean, let's be real. Like the the AC Milan squad is not as is not the best team in Europe. I think even Milan fans will tell you that, right? But Leao, when he's feeling it, is unplayable. Without run through everybody. So I think the momentum and the atmosphere of what we're going to see at the San Siro will lend itself to a player like that because Leao is going to be like, oh yeah, I'm feeling it. Like he'll be able to get up for a game like that. And to be honest, all of the players will. They will all be feeling it. So if you're looking at all the players... Some will crumble under the pressure and others will be at the top of their game. 
the ones that'll be at the top of the game, I'd imagine will be the ones who we consider the best ones on the pitch because those players tend to show up in big games, not disappear. I think that if Leao's fit and healthy, feeling the atmosphere of that game, he's going to be pretty well unplayable. But brethren, I gave two, I didn't give enough credit to Inter when they played against Benfica. Same. So the last thing I want to do is give Inter credit here, but I have to ask you initially, not who do you want to go through? Because I think we're both Milanistas at heart. Who do you want? Uh, who do you think actually advances to the final from this side of the bracket? Rossoneri, buddy, run it up. Let's go. Run it up, bro. <laughs> Let's do it. Yes. Why? For real? Like, honestly? Inter's never bro. beaten Milan in the Champions League. And that, that's telling too. That's actually interesting because I had a question here. My, my follow-up question when we moved on from this was how significant is history? How much does history play a role in this game? When the fans are going to be letting you know that history matters, it, it's going to matter. I don't think it like if mm -hmm. this was the final and it, it was at like Wembley or something that was right. just a or it, I think it's Istanbul this year. Um, shout out Jurgen Klopp telling people to book the hotel and then they have to cancel it. <laughs> we had a lot of Liverpool fans in attendance there to yeah, watch yeah, yeah. not their team. All the hotels had City. to crash their websites because <laughs> everybody was canceling their tickets. That's fine. Um, I think if it was if it was that it would play less of a factor, but because it's at the San Siro, all the fans, the entire city, like for the buildup to this game for the last week will have been going up to the players going like, make sure you went on Wednesday. It's, right. it's Wednesday or Tuesday? Uh, Wednesday. Wednesday, right? Yeah, make sure you went on Wednesday. This is the last one at the San Siro. Come on. Everybody's going to be wanting that legacy to stay of when it mattered most and it was the last match at the San Siro, we got it done against our local rivals and stadium yep. rivals. It's very few clubs have that dynamic. True. We and, won and the last derby to, in yeah, history at the stadium. At the San Siro. That's going to matter so much. So history oh, does have to play a factor here. And very rarely does it play this big of a factor, right? Mm. Hey, let's go through some key battles. Lautaro's been in unbelievable form as of late. Okay? Yeah. Dude has been turning up for goals. And I want to kind of outline some of the some of the ones to watch in this fixture because we kind of mentioned Leao. We know how good Leao is at doing what he's going to try to do mm -hmm. when healthy. Hopefully he's fit. Knock on wood that he's fit. Lautaro Martinez has been in unbelievable form as of late. Dude has 19 goals and four assists in the Serie A. Now, Serie A is different than this competition. I get that. And quite frankly, it was more impressive, in my opinion, what Milan were able to do to Napoli than what Inter were able to do to Benfica because Inter kind of edged Benfica every step of the way, but it didn't seem like it was, I don't know, maybe it just, I, maybe I, I hold resentment a little bit to it, but I'm trying to be as objective as possible. It feels like Inter just kind of beat them. And that's the significance. Yeah, whereas, whereas, whereas Milan were ranked at like, Right, like they were at the bottom of our power rankings list. We were like, dude, Napoli's the best team in Europe. And they beat Napoli again and again and again. Like they, they, they just know. basically sent the message, told them, we swept you. You understand? Yeah. Like you, you had nothing for us. Your best players, who are the best players in Europe this season, had nothing for us. I think that's Three really times. important to <laughs> how, how much AC Milan can get up for games like this. Yeah, so, I, I totally agree. If we're going for individual battles, let's be real. Who's the heart of each team? If we look at somebody, who is the Italian heart of each team? Because this is an Italian fixture. And you're looking at Barella versus Tonali, both of who bleed the colors of their shirt. I think that'll be a classic, like an all-time classic. Yeah, I think so. I, I want them have... to recreate that picture. You know the, that picture where they're standing yeah, yeah, down yeah. the line and hell's breaking loose, the gates to hell have opened at the at the stand. Yeah. It um, won't be them, bro. It won't be those two. It'll be like Dumfries and Leao who will Leal, be who will yeah. be who will be because they're just pad, they're just chilling. But the battle will be it'll be La, it'll not Lautaro, sorry, but it'll be um Barella Tenali. and it'll be Tanali just absolutely wailing on each other for the shirt. Cause bro, there ain't there's bad blood. Like there's yeah. no love here. I don't care if they're teammates for the national team. This these dudes. I think both will kill for their respective sides. And I think that is one thing that's different on this side of the bracket, right? I think that on the other side of it, Man City and Real Madrid, it's the, it's the stars. It's the it's biggest game with the two, like two of the biggest teams on planet Earth with the brightest stars on planet Earth. On this side, people look at this as the weaker side of the bracket, but it's not that it's, you know, Benfica versus Milan. Or it's not like it's Napoli for scenes where it's like a battle of the Serie A or any, or any iteration of those teams. This is Milan. This is the city, right? And everything that is fighting for one team is going to go to the final here, bro. I would love to give more analysis into how this game is going to be played out. I think if we're going to switch to somewhat more of tactical analysis is that 
Inter will try to force mistakes, but Inter will want to hold the ball a little bit more. Milan will want to hurt teams in transition to utilize their best skill set, which is the left flank for sure, the pace that they have, and the quality that they have to inflict damage yeah. a- and absorb pressure, which is what they did very, very well against Napoli. Brother, who's going through with this? I couldn't tell you. My, my X factor for this, dude, is Magic Mike. Yeah. The fact that Magnon is That's so true. damn hard to beat, I think it's going to be hard for That's Inter true. to get by. Even though I would say across the board, maybe my clarity has come back to me a little bit, seeing how they beat Benfica. I think Inter have better players, and they're better in more areas. We disrespected than, how than organized they could be. Milana. We did, but we also disrespected that we, we, thought, we thought Milan was going to get folded. We thought Milan was that, going to get folded that's true. by Napoli. That's because true, but Napoli we, have way we just more underrated firepower. how good Inter was uh, like, underrated both defensively. Teams, to be fair, yeah, we underrated both these teams. We, we totally did. We underrated both of them. That was our bad. Whoops. Hey, you know what? We all, yeah, whoops. We all, we all, we all, whoops. Whoops. Whoops to both of you guys. The school was uh this is bring it to the Italian. It was cozy. Yeah, right. it's cozy, bro. <laughs> How do you see this game playing out, Mina? Totally for real. My heart can't go past AC Milan. I just want them to win so bad, dude. This is gonna be so nice, like it, right? Yeah, yeah. I'm it sure like Joe the doesn't faces, also right? want. Doesn't it feel like they're Lukaku, like to show up at the final when his club got knocked out by Real Madrid oh, in the quarterfinal? That would suck bro. so oh, much. No. <laughs> Sorry, Joe. It's all love. Yeah. It's okay. We bleed right over here on this side. Apparently on this side of the bracket, that's what it has to be. I think that Inter, Inter are probably the better team. This season, their Inter form better. is better. Yeah. I think they have more better players in better areas, right? Across the board. Their midfield is, is really, really solid. Their ability to shut teams out is underrated, I guess, because we didn't give it enough credit. And their forwards have come into form. Like Dzeko, just doing the damn thing still. And Lotaro's an unbelievable mm-hmm. form. I think Milan have the fighting spirit that we've just believe in, in a cup and we buy into. And sometimes you're right. That is it. Brethren, this is a much harder game to predict because the actual circumstances, I think like precede. I think the they supersede it. Yeah. They supersede yeah. the, the, like the actual p- football that's going to be played on the pitch. I agree a hundred percent. And so it makes it so damn hard. Like, I don't know, bro. I actually don't know my prediction of who's going to make it through. I feel like Inter are better. So I would like to edge Inter, but I'm not going to say, I'm not going to back Inter to reach the final. I will back the Rossonieri for okay. Milano. I'll put it, bro, I'll put it to you this way. Yep. As City, if you make it to the final, who would you oh. rather play in the final? Dude. And I know your answer, logically speaking, but I know you don't want to say it. You would rather have AC Milan play the final but you don't want to see Rafael right. lose the Champions League final. But I know that's what you're thinking. I mean, am I? I don't Not know, to put dude. Words in your oh mouth man, anyway, you're, you might. You, you might tell me. Be, you. <laughs> Who would you rather like see in the final? I feel like Rafael that's pretty Leal's damn danger, accurate, man. Or do you want to like see pretty accurate. the 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 heel of Inter Milan? How organized they are coming up against Romelu Lukaku. And Lotaro Martinez and Edin Dzeko and Denzel Dumfries, Barella, Baresi. Tough question, Mina. All of that's those a guys. Very, that's a very, very tough question for me personally. Or do okay. you want to go up against Mike Magnon? I know who's going to. I don't. I don't want to go up against night, anybody. Night, like I want. It's tough. For okay, realistically, if I'm if I'm I'm a little bit too close to this because I could see weaknesses in City that seem bigger than they really are, right? Because I'm so close to it. I think either City or Madrid, if we're being completely honest are both going to be able to beat whoever they stand across in the final. But it's like we were talking about a few weeks ago. Who gives you an easier game? You want to be the better team in a final, but you don't want to be such an overwhelming favorite in the final that the other team feels like they have, you know, nothing to lose and therefore they're going to give it everything. Because at that point, you're the heel and everybody's cheering against you. And man, I don't want to be in that spot. I just want to be the team who wins this freaking competition already. It's tough. But I feel people like, are going to cheer against like, you anyway if you get to the final. Right. I, no one but C fans are going to be rooting for C. You think so? You think people would yeah, cheer for Inter ahead the of C? Other, the other Milan team, yeah, like will will be yeah, cheering, cheering for C. But Who are you going to be cheering for? Against C in the final? 
What are you gonna be cheering for? When it for comes you, to Champions I League final, to be happy, but for C, I don't like it's. it's that's the thing. I don't want C to win the Champions League, but I want you to see your team win the Champions League. And it and it sucks. Like it's such a like a big. I feel like I would rather be standing across from AC Milan because I think it would be okay. Here's why. Truthfully, I think it's an easier game for City. No disrespect to that. I think that City will be able to beat them pretty comfortably. Whereas Inter, I feel, will be a little bit more frustrating to play against. But not to mention, in the event, knock on wood, hopefully we don't. But in the event that we lose, I don't want to see Inter win. I would way rather see AC Milan kind of win that competition. It would be be cool for them, right? To see a Canadian-born Fikayo Tomori, to see Rafa Leao as a Champions League winner, like that would be really, really something. So it would also cement the, the return of AC Milan into the into the elites, I right? Like so. it'll be their yeah, eighth Champions cool. League. You know, they've already won Serie A coming back from yeah. the dead. So I like I think. Paolo but at the same Maldini time, I don't want to give too much credit to that again. because I, I'm trying to crush that dream here, right? Like yeah. I'm trying to stand across from that and ruin that for them. But at, if you for, lose for City, who would you rather see? Would you rather see Maldini Hogleau? Yeah. That they would rather see done it, or would you rather see I would prefer Milan reach a final okay. and and Milan like it because that would be i would rather see that because if i i don't want to see lukaku lifted bro dude. like dude has become just i don't oh he's becoming and then he'd hug I edison and the last like with his that he fist on the back would be like you're you know no, no. oh my god man <laughs> don't let them doing that to, to, to the bruin to the bruin it's okay yeah. next year this is yours this is yours yeah, it yours. would be the bruin you're right he's yeah, gonna cause... big brother holland and stuff to it you'll get there one day chiefly and holland's just like bro don't ever speak to me man you're absolutely <laughs> trash shut up <laughs> that would be so funny all of it would be, be insufferable though. i the hate memes, it man Ugh. the Ugh. memes would be hilarious i don't want to see that i man. would i would i would hate that to happen though yeah I don't it's not even like they have Mourinho or somebody here like yeah, no Mourinho, that's a g no, nope. really? Like, bro, none of these guys, man. I think, you know, it's it's really really hard for me to actually lock in a prediction because I truthfully feel like Inter have had the better of these derbies as of late when they played each other, but yeah. not in the Champions League. And the fact that the atmosphere is going to be here, bro, I literally could toss up a coin and say, I that is who's going to win the the result I'm of the go coin with toss. Russell Neri. I think you got to back it. the ones who we like more personally. Yeah. I guess I'll say AC Milan as well. But um, my heart doesn't buy it, man. It's kind of weird. I do think, though, more genuinely, that Man City will will be in the final. And that, truthfully, at that point, whoever comes out from that you side of care. the bracket, it's not that I don't care. It's that I think Man City will beat them. So I think the opposition is less significant as long as right. City don't overthink this, right? Like, there was a time... A couple of years ago, I was working for TSN. It was Atletico Madrid versus Marseille in the final of the Europa League. Mm. And it was just like, who's going to win this game? And you're like, yo, Marseille have been on something here. And But it was like, but yeah, but it's Atletico Madrid. Like they just lost to Real Madrid in the Champions League final. Like Atletico Madrid are miles better. They're definitely going to win. Yep. And it just didn't matter if people were like, yeah, but you know what, bro? Think about Marseille. Like Payet, with the season he had, another coming in, didn't matter. Didn't Atletico matter. Madrid were just exponentially better and crushed them. That's how I could see a scenario going. But, bro, the beauty of this competition, literally anything can happen. Anything can happen. I have no idea what's going to happen, truthfully. So let's see. Yeah, I guess we'll, uh, see we'll have to up. wait and see if whoopses are in order. And um, I'm excited to see what happens. Me too, bro. Hey, one final thing before we wrap today, because Joe couldn't be here with us today. Are Chelsea safe? <laughs> yeah. In, the, uh, in a relegation scrap, bro, They uh, it looks like they're nah. going to find the- Joe genuinely got worried. And I know you and I are just doing this oh, like uh, tongue in cheek, but Joe genuinely yeah. got worried at, at there for a second. But but it makes it sense because they hadn't won it. it they hadn't won ever. They just never won a damn yeah. thing. By the way, as we record this, Inter are beating uh, Roma, in case anybody's interested. So, hmm. which doesn't really affect anything because Milan no, won it doesn't against really Lazio this morning. Right? It doesn't really matter. But the fact, sorry, back to Chelsea. Chelsea are out of the yeah. relegation battle now, right? Like it seems I, silly. That they, they weren't came this far, in but there. Forty-two points. They yeah. were dangerously close. They were sniffing bottom. They were close. They needed. They needed a win. They finally got against Bournemouth, who they were tied on points with at the start they're of this game. They're not getting relegated at forty-two points, right? No, they're not getting relegated at forty-two. Forty points is the threshold. Yeah, I think they're going to be fine now. But bro, the relegation battles pick it up. And too. I think, and I think Palace and Wolves are, are safe now too. You think so? Yeah, eh, I think so. Wolves are probably forty safe. points. Yeah, they're on forty. Yeah. Uh, yeah, all right, probably. I'll, I'll concede to that. All right. Anyway, it's not a Premier League episode. Mina, Copa del Rey later. Madrid win? Madrid lose? Madrid win. Madrid win? They have to. Come on. Probably. You're not yeah, letting Osasuna beat you in the yeah, final. Come on. 
This is another one of those things, right? It's basically yeah. what we were just talking about in the final. Real Madrid are standing across from left to opposition. They have everything to play for, but they're not as good. So they like also Suna had to beat good Spanish teams, but Barca had to beat, or sorry, Madrid had to beat Atletico and Barca to reach the final. Mm. <laughs> yeah. And it's Madrid. We kind of edge light on that. Anyway, guys, we hope you enjoyed a special Saturday episode. We normally don't record on Saturdays, but we had to. Not that circumstances. you'll still get it on Monday. You'll still get it on Monday. I don't know. Should I release it tomorrow? Should it be a Sunday special? Just to give people an extra day to listen to it before the show. Oh, might League? do that. I don't know. Yeah, you know what? Let you we might do that. A special Sunday right, release guys. of the Jersey Wall. Hope you enjoyed that one, guys. Episode number 193 is officially in the books. Brethren, thank you for joining me. Thank you again for having me. Always a pleasure. Getting dangerously close to 200, eh? As always. Yeah. Dangerously close, man. Listen, I honestly think we're going to overhype it a little bit. I don't think the people like it. It's just going to be us reminiscing, truthfully. Uh, yeah, I don't think we're going to have new content that uh, It'll it's be for us for more us. than anything. Yeah. It'll be special It'll for be us. Special and I think we'll, we'll deliver a, an episode that we're happy with, and I hope that carries forward to the listeners. Right. And that's it. And if not, and if, if you don't want to hear us reminisce, matter. then you know what? We won't reminisce in 199, and we won't reminisce in 201, okay? Yeah. 200 is for us. So 200 is for us. Okay? If you don't Join like us. it, that's fine. Get a party hat and F off. We'll wait a week. We love you guys. Thank you so much for tuning in. We're done with you now. Go check out the link in our description to find us on social media if you're interested in that sort of thing. Otherwise, take care. We'll see you next time right here on the Jersey Wall Podcast, baby.